Amen. How great is our God. We just uh, want to take time to praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Uh, we are we are on the, uh, as you, those of you who are watching live can see, and those of you that are uh, here know, we are, we are alive from the front porch in the parking lot of Voice of Praise. And, uh, Barry, if you will hand me that uh, box right there, sir, if you will just bring it over this way a little bit closer. But we, uh, today is, uh, it is the 4th of July, and I know we have people from uh, different parts of the world that watch our services, and we appreciate them uh, watching, but today... Uh, being the 4th of July is more important than in the 4th of July. It's Independence Day here in America. And, uh, we, uh, we're out here just to exercise our rights and our freedoms. Uh, we can do this indoors, but I think it's wonderful to let the neighborhood know that we, uh, we still celebrate Jesus and we love him and we love the freedoms that we have and and I don't know about you but I love the United States of America and I'm glad to be a part of this great country. So uh I hope that uh I hope that you feel that same way uh, about me. I lost my wife. She went somewhere. I don't know where she went to. But uh but uh I ordinarily would not do this but because of the sun Will you bring me my hat, young lady? Some of you have complimented me on my shirt today, and I appreciate that, but you have to compliment my wife. That is who ordered it off of Amazon. If Amazon's got it, she will find it. I've got to do this because of the sun in my eyes. I normally don't preach in a hat, but I will today. Well... You know, we are here as July 4th, and uh, until July 4th, 1776, July 4th was just the day that fell after July 3rd and before July 5th. That makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, while we in this country are celebrating July 4th, as we call it, or more rightfully Independence Day, it's just July 4th in other parts of the world. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just another day for them. Uh, there's 192 countries around the world right now, and besides the United States of America, we're the 193rd, or one of 193 recognized countries. But for us, it's a special day. It's a special day because, uh, it's a day that we need to commemorate because it, it does mark our independence. Now, in March, certainly it does mark our independence from, from Britain, but, uh, this is the 244th time, if you're keeping count, that the United States of America has been able to celebrate the 4th of July as our Independence Day. 244 times. Now that sounds a lot, like a lot, because that's 244 years. Uh, but in the scope of nations, in the comparison of, of nations, 244 years is, is actually not a very long time. We are still a young nation in many ways. But I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that we're free 
in spite of the things, the troubles, the problems, the difficulties that we're having, and we, we, and we've had them before, and we will continue to have them however long we remain a nation, we will have problems, but I'm so glad that this nation was founded, founded on principles of scripture. From back in the time of our, of our founding fathers, uh, when you begin to study, and I'm not a historian by any means, but when you get, begin to look at George Washington and, and, and Thomas Jefferson and, and John Adams, and you begin to look at the foundations of this country, certainly God was a part of being the foundations of this country. And also in that involves again that word freedom. I'm, I want to preach to you this morning about or with the thought in mind, champions of freedom. But I want to I want to define freedom with you this morning. You see, freedom, as we look in the dictionary, is it's the condition. Freedom is the condition of being free. It's the power to act or to speak or even think without externally being imposed with restraints. We also find that freedom is immunity from obligation or duty. Freedom is a voluntary, uh, is a voluntary effort or the, it's absence of coercion. It's the state of being free. Freedom is not being under someone else's control. Uh, and it means that we have, we don't have to be under the power to say or do what somebody else specifically ordered us. So although that does not mean that we're a lawless society, freedom means that we have the ability to choose. You chose to be here today. Those of you that are watching my live stream, you're choosing to tune in as well. Now, when we begin to think about the opposites of freedom, the opposites of freedom come into play when we begin to think of of being controlled. And certainly, uh, I, I look around here and knowing many of you all, uh, you know, some to a greater capacity than others, there's not too many people in this country that I know that like being controlled. You know, it's something about our nature, and it's actually something about the nature of humanity in some ways. You know, it's like, don't tell me that I can't do something, because when you tell me I can't do something, then uh, I'm going to do it just to prove to you that I can do something. Yeah, We live we live in a world like that. Uh, and another opposite of freedom is 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 being in bondage. Being in bondage, being restricted, being held back. Another uh, opposite of freedom is slavery, and you know we we hear we're still hearing a lot about that, even though it's been abolished many 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 years. You know uh, we still hear so much about slavery, and and certainly to be enslaved does it means that you're under the control of another person, and uh, I'm certainly glad that. For for the large part that slavery ended, you know, in the middle of the uh, 1800s and around 18 what 1865, slavery ended. Another opposite of freedom is oppression. Oppression, being pressed down, being pushed down, uh, uh, being, if you would, uh, overpowered. Oppression is is 
is as old as humanity itself. Oppression is actually a, a byproduct of sin. When we look at the scripture, we can think of some illustrations. I, I think about Cain and Abel. I think about Esau and Jacob. And in fact, if you think about Jezebel, it wasn't the fact that Jezebel wore makeup and jewelry that made her Jezebel. What made her Jezebel was that she was an oppressor. She had an oppressing, controlling spirit. So, so these are things that are the opposites of freedom, if you would. Now, the United States, we're here because of a group of people that sought to be free from the rule of Great Britain. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I don't think they've got over that. It's it's a people, it was a people and still is a people that is in pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as is documented. And it's the ability to worship however that we choose. That's what people, those those people, our forefathers, that's what they were looking for. That's what they were going after. That's what they were in pursuit of. But I've got news for you this morning. Freedom, although it is free, freedom doesn't necessarily come free. You see, freedom freedom doesn't come free. Therefore, we must say that freedom comes with a price. A stand was taken and a war was fought by a group of what was then called colonists that lived here in America that believed in a cause. That cause was being free, free from the rulers of Great Britain, freedom to come here and be released from the the Church of uh, of Britain, if you would. It was it was freedom that was sought after for eight years that would follow the Declaration of Independence that was made. A war would rage, a war that was so violent that it would leave one out of every twenty men dead. So freedom came with a price. Freedom had a great cost. What men didn't die from, uh, from wounds, uh, died from diseases. And, and of course, ladies, there was ladies that died from, uh, diseases and children that died from diseases. But it was a price that was paid in order that we could be free. Sacrifices, hundreds of millions of people have been privileged to live since that time in the United States of America. The land that we know and we call the land of the free and the home of the brave. It came with a price, people. It came with with people's lives and people making a determination that they would no longer be in bondage, but they too would be free. And right now in America... I think it's very important, and this is not a political speech or a political message. It's very important that we stand our guard. It's very important that the church, see the church we're called the salt of the earth. It's very important that, that we, we stand our ground not to be, uh, not to be obtrusive, not to be violent, not to be, uh, uh, unsanctified if you would but it's important for us as the church to stand for the liberties and the freedoms that we have 
But I want you to know as much as there are risks and there, there are freedoms that are at stake here in America, I want you to know this. There are There is a far greater freedom or risk of freedom that is above us, looming around us. And it's the it's the freedom from the looming curse of sin. You see, everyone is at risk. No one is exempt. No one is exempt from the curse of sin. It is before us. It is ever more present. Every one of us, even to the to the least of those that are here this morning, the children, every one of us is exposed to sin. We can't escape it. It's in the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world, a world that that, that fell as the result of uh, of our forefather Adam and Eve in the garden. And and uh, uh, I saw a bumper sticker the other day, and it said that uh, said something that alluded to that women just became the scapegoat for the man. Well, I don't think that's necessarily true, but there was a man and a woman that fell in the garden, and they only had one commandment that was necessary for them to keep, and that's not to eat of that tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they, they ate of that tree, and they fell, therefore man is cursed, we're cursed in a, and we live in a sin-cursed world, and every one of us, we are at risk. The most intense battle was not fought in Jamestown or in Williamsburg, Virginia or, or any other parts of, of the world. The, the biggest battle was not fought in Gettysburg. Uh, the biggest battle was not fought at, at the Alamo. The biggest battle was not fought in Vietnam. The biggest battle was not fought in Japan. The biggest battle that's ever been fought on the face of the earth is the battle that was fought for on a place called Calvary on an old hill that stands right outside of the city of Jerusalem. And it's stony and it's barren and it's a desolate place. But it was on that hill and it's not very big at all. This would look like a mountain compared to Golgotha. But but the, 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 the thing about it is, is this war that was fought on this hill was not fought by necessarily an army, but it was fought by one soldier. And that soldier was Jesus Christ. And he stood on that hill and he took on all of the weight and the heaviness of sin, the oppression of sin, the violence of sin, the hurt of sin, the sickness of sin, all the death of sin. And Jesus Christ took that on his shoulders on that on that hillside all by himself and he fought that battle there that you and I today could overcome that oppression of sin. I'm glad I'm free. I'm glad I'm American. I'm glad that I can celebrate Independence Day on this July 4th. But there is a greater freedom that I'm proud of today. And that's freedom from sin that came through the Lord Jesus Christ. That fought that battle on that hill that day in order that I could be free. I praise God for those that fought for our freedom in this country. But I praise Him even more for Jesus Christ that release me from the stronghold of sin, the oppression of sin, that I may go free in Him. You see, when I read the Gospel of John, in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 36, I I find that, that Jesus 
shared this word. In fact, John says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, those of you that are old enough to remember Sanford and Son on TV, <laughs> y'all remember Aunt Esther. You know? And Aunt Esther, she liked to, she liked to just announce that over Fred all the time and didn't do one of these, you know. One of those Pentecostal jerks, I call it. Yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is, it's, it goes much further than Aunt Esther. It's the words of Jesus Christ. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And if you hold to the, his teachings, he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. They answered him and they said, we are Abraham's descendants. These are, these are Jews. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. So how can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, he said, verily I tell every single one of you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place. Listen to this. A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to the family forever. Let me read that to you again. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So when we find ourselves in, in the situation that we're all born into to bondage, understand with me that the Revolutionary War had some great champions of freedom. You, you know, they, they had, there, there was great champions of freedom. There was the, the guy, Paul Revere. Maybe, maybe he's one of the most renowned. You know, the British are coming. You know, what was it? One, one if by land, two if by sea that would light up the tower. Nathaniel Green, Ethan Allen, and of course, General George Washington that I mentioned earlier. But, you know, they were dependent upon the dedication of an army, of men and women. They were dependent upon people that would, that would join their army and follow in their army. But I want you to know, going back to that champion that stood on the hill of Golgotha and was actually hung to a tree and he was nailed there and he died there and he, he, he gave up the ghost there and he was taken from there to a tomb where he rose again after three days. There's only one true champion of, of freedom and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He single-handedly, again, single-handedly conquered hell. He single-handedly conquered death. He single-handedly conquered the grave. He he single-handedly conquered this enemy of sin, and he did it once and for all. You know, since since the time of, uh, and I looked this up, I didn't make a note of how many years it was, but since the time of the Revolutionary War, there has been very few, just a 
literal handful of years that the United States of America has not been engaged in war somewhere. If not on U.S. soil, off of U.S. soil, the United States of America has been engaged in some type of conflict. We had to, we have had to work to keep ourselves free. We had to have had to guard ourselves to keep ourselves free. But I want to go back to what Jesus said. He said, who the Son has made free is free indeed. Understand with me what that is saying to us is when Jesus has made you free, there is no more free than you can be than that. When Jesus has made you free, you are free to the utmost, to the uttermost. You are free indeed. You can't get any more freer than Jesus makes you. So today, if you are in bondage to sin, today if you are in bondage and if you sin, you are a slave, then there is no better way that you can be made free. There is no greater way that you can be made free than by the blood of Jesus Christ because He is the champion of all champions of freedom. There's been many great generals that have served. There's been many great military leaders that have led. But there has never been one that's great as the Lord Jesus Christ that will keep us safe and will keep us free. Listen, this country, I hope it doesn't. I hope it never happens. But this country could fall. Its leaders could crumble. Its government could could fall all in pieces. But let me tell you what. Even if the United States of America were to fall, there is one that will never fail. And his name is Jesus. And he will ensure that we are free. And we are free indeed. Our liberties in this nation could be stripped from us. Uh, there's probably, hey, we're in West Virginia. I may as well say it. There's probably half of you sitting in this congregation that are packing a gun this morning because that's our right and that's our freedom. There may be a time that you're told that you can't do that. All of us have probably six or eight or maybe more of these in our homes and there may become a time that we're told we can't do that. But let me tell you this. We have a freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ that can never be robbed from us, never be taken from us. All we have to do is keep our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and who the Son has made free is free indeed. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? We can know there's only that one spiritual champion because of this. First Peter chapter 1 verses 18 through 20 and I, I took this particular passage out of the New Living Translation. And what, and what, what Peter wrote to us, he says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value, but it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, the spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Think about that. Before that world ever began, God had chosen His Son, Jesus, to ransom you out of the hostage situation that you were in before this world that we're on, that they now tell us is billions of years old. God had a plan for you. 
before this world ever came into existence. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in the last days, he has been revealed for your sake. You see, Peter's talking about the last days begin when Jesus was crucified on the cross, when that perfect sacrifice was made. And the Hebrew writer, uh, he, he qualified it in this sense, Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, we have been surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down you know the Olympics is going on right now and I've, we've seen some negative stuff in the news and quite frankly I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the Olympics myself it's just not of interest to me but there's a lot of competition goes down on and I, I'm, I've never been a runner, obviously, so somebody once told me my legs were too short, and I, I, I rebuked them because I told them they both touched the ground, and that's all that was necessary. <laughs> Some of you get that later. I never could run fast. Uh, you know, never had that. All, uh, I just, it just wasn't in my physical ability. But I do know this much about somebody running. If you're running or if you're hiking or if you're traveling and uh, whatever you're doing, you know, I, I, I know, uh, I, you know, when I, I was more given over to hot rodding, you know, and, and when I was a teenager and if I wanted to, if I wanted to drag race somebody out on the street, you know, we used to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I wanted to drag race somebody out on the street, the ultimate person to pick on was some guy that had a carload of the other guys in his car because you'd be surprised just what four or five people in a car the difference it can make in the weight of that vehicle especially if they've been good old boys been eating well you know but but I, but I know this. I, I'm, I'm smart enough, and I I have enough common knowledge to understand that 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 when we when we have things weighted down on us, when we're if we're going on a hike, if we're going on a run, if we're if we're if we're pulling a load, or whatever the case may be, if we have weight on us, it's going to pull us down and it's going to slow us down. But what the Hebrew writer said, he said, let us run in with endurance. The race God has set before us by keeping our eyes on the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. But what he says there in in leading up to that was to strip off the weight that slows us down. I'm going to say something and I hope this don't offend any of you all. Because you got to take it the way I say it, okay? Jesus was a stripper. Now that doesn't mean he took all of all these clothes, okay? But what it does mean is that Jesus will come in and if we will allow him to, he will strip us of those things that have us bound down and tied up because he wants us to run this race and he wants to run it with endurance and he's intending on us to finish it and he has set for us, you know, I race, Paul said, I race toward the mark, the prize of the high calling and God intends for us to pursue Pursue, pursue, pursue. In the freedom that He has released us in, it's not a freedom. Yes, I'm free.
free to serve Him whatever way I want to. I'm free in this country to do many, many things. I'm free in so many aspects. But I'm set free from the slavery of sin that I may serve Him and glorify Him and bring, if you would, glory and honor to my Heavenly Father. That's why I've been set free. And I hope you know that's why you've been set free. And if you've not been set free, that's why God wants to set you free. That you may serve Him and bring glory unto Him. So back in uh, back in 1776, you know, that Declaration of Independence was signed. It actually, the Declaration, my understanding is, was made on July 2nd, but the signing actually occurred on July 4th. But then on July 8th, July 8th, four days later, there was a chime, there was a bell, and we, we don't have a steeple on our building, and that, that's, that's perfectly fine. But, uh, I pastored one church, and they had a steeple on that building, and they had a bell, and that rope that hung down inside the sanctuary of the church, and, and you'd be surprised the people that would like to, that like to ring the bell. You know, do we have any bell ringers among us today? There was people that just loved to ring that bell. But in July 8, 1776, there was a chime that rang out from Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That sound is known as or has the reputation of being the sound of freedom for our nation. The sound of freedom for our nation. If you guys want to go back up to the music, uh, Madison, whoever y'all have lined up. It's the sound of freedom from our nation. But I want to remind you one more time this morning. That bell that rang out in Philadelphia, July 8, 1776. None of us have ever heard that bell. But we believe it rang. You know, it's, it's on, there's, that bell is on display and we believe it rang. We believe that story and, uh, or the account of what happened. And it marks freedom for us as a people of the United States of America. But 2000 years ago, there was a greater there was a greater bell, if you would, if you allow me to use that expression. There was a greater sound of freedom that rang out. That greater sound of freedom rang from that hill on Jerusalem. And it was a cry that came from off of that old wooden cross from the top of that old rocky hill. And that, that, that ring was not the ringing of a bell. But it was a voice of a lamb. It was the voice of a perfect lamb. Not a lamb that was clothed in wool and walked on four legs. But it was the first perfect sacrifice. It was the lamb of God. It was, it was none other than Jesus. And that cry that was made from that, that cross all the way over in Jerusalem, from the top of that hill. It's a cry that changed the world forevermore. And it's a, it rang out. And it rang out something like this. It 
is finished. And when it is finished, rang out from the top of that hill on that day. Let me tell you something. There was a declaration made that day that was not written necessarily in a piece of parchment paper, although we have it documented in the pages of our of our holy Bibles. But let me tell you something. It was a declaration that was made for all of humanity that there would no longer be the need of a priest going into a temple and making sacrifice anymore. There would no longer be the need of a of a priest going in and preparing himself to go into the holy of holy once a year and to make atonement for people. I'm not dependent on you. You're not dependent on me. I'm not dependent on any other man other than the man Jesus Christ that stood on top of Calvary hanging to that cross actually that day and he cried aloud it is finished and the plan of salvation was fulfilled which ensures that I am free and who the Son has set free is free indeed and I hope that you're free today, not just as an American, but you're free in Jesus Christ, whether you're sitting on this parking lot or whether you're watching my Facebook Live, I'm trusting that today that you are free, you are free, and free indeed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you worship Him today? Can you give Him praise? Can you give Him glory and honor in this place? Amen.